Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message. entitled my message this morning, Afflicted, Afflicted. I did an internet search of sentences that have the word afflicted in it. And here are the top 10 sentences that came up with the word afflicted in them. Italy has been afflicted by political corruption for decades. He is afflicted with severe rheumatitis. Severe drought has afflicted the region. Aid will be sent to the afflicted areas. Many of the children are afflicted with festering sores. She has been afflicted with a serious illness. A plague of locusts afflicted the land. Severe drought has has afflicted the countryside. He's badly afflicted with a skin disorder And she has been much afflicted with sad news. You know, the word afflicted is often used in a negative context, but I I did that opening video, and our graphic has a military theme to it because affliction is not always negative. To be afflicted is not always negative. Many men and women choose to be afflicted. Men and women who go into our armed services choose to be afflicted. Afflicted. They know they're going to be worked hard. They're going to be woken up in the early hours of the morning, and they're going to put on a 40-pound or a 50-pound pack, and they are going to hike, and they are going to run. They are going to be deprived of sleep. They're going to be up for 24 hours. They're going to be afflicted. They're going to be built up mentally and physically, and they choose willingly to be afflicted and If they choose to apply for special forces, 
they do so knowing that they're going to experience even greater affliction. Now, why do they do that? They do it to serve. They do it to be part of an elite squad. They choose to be afflicted for a greater goal. Certainly, affliction can be negative, but it is not only negative, it can be very, very positive. I chose to be afflicted in my freshman year of high school. I did not know at that point I chose to be afflicted. In my freshman year at high school, our school did not have a wrestling team, and they desired to start one. And so one of the PE teachers who, was the wrestling, who became the wrestling coach was also my math teacher. And so this man began to recruit people to be part of the wrestling team. And he was especially recruiting underclassmen because if he got us as a freshman, then he would have us for four years, four years of training, four years of development, four years of getting us ready to wrestle. And so I said, sure, I'll join the wrestling team. And then came the first Monday of practice. Football season had ended, so there were some football players that were joining. But there was a bunch of us underclassmen. I'll tell you what, Coach Enderly, he just worked us freshmen over. And he grabbed, he wanted some lower weight class people. And so he, he looked for us and he looked for us and he got a whole bunch of us to come out. So school was over. We head over to the locker room. Change out of our school clothes, T-shirt, shorts, athletic shoes. We're ready to learn how to wrestle. And we're pointed to the street. And the coach says, see those two guys? They were former football players. Follow them. And they started running. And we started running. And we ran down the main street. And we ran and we ran and we ran and we ran. And then we turned north. And we continued to run and run and run and run and run just jogging along. And, you know, I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't at the front of the line, but I was not going to be at the back. So I just kept running and running. And we got to another intersection, and the, play, the, the, the students that were leading us, they turned around, they started heading back. So we all got there, turned around, started heading back down the road. And we headed back down the road, and we reached that intersection, and we headed back towards the school. And I'm thinking, my goodness, how far have we gone? And I overheard someone say, up to the point where we turned around was a mile and a half. And now I'm heading back. I thought, okay, three miles? Never done three miles in my life. I'm a freshman. I'm not totally out of shape, but folks, I was out of shape. So I thought, I can do this. I can do this. And I ran, and I got back to the school. And just as we're getting near the school parking lot, all of a sudden, those, those uh, football players that have been leading us are now passing us the other direction. And I'm going, what is going on here? And we get back to the school, and there's the coach yelling, once again, do it again, one more time. And that's when it hit me that we're going back. Now the thoughts were not so positive about this experience, because I was already winded. I was already a little bit sore because I had just finished three miles, but now I'm heading back up the road, and I'm thinking, three more miles? Oh, my goodness. I'll let you know, my pace slowed. I never walked. However, I did see some other students walking. I chose, I was not going to walk. I was not going to embarrass myself, and we kept running and running and running up to that point, turned back around six miles. Six miles for this out-of-shape 
freshman. Got back to the gym thinking, now what? And the only thing the coach said is, hit the showers, we'll see you tomorrow. Down the locker room, showered, dressed. Mom was waiting in the parking lot to uh, pick, us, pick me up and, and take me home. And I sat down in the car and it began to really hit me. She asked how things had went and I'm sure I grumbled something to her with a very, very poor attitude. Got home. She got dinner on the table. The rest of the family had already eaten. Ate my dinner, went up to my room. No homework, no TV, nothing. I crawled in bed, and I slept the entire night. And then came the next morning. I have never been so sore in my life. I tried to get out of bed, and everything hurt, but especially the legs over the side of the bed, and oh! I felt like I was 70 and I was only about 15. I moved slowly and I thought, this is torture. And then you think, what does this have to do with wrestling? I thought we're supposed to be on a mat and we're supposed to be practicing takedowns. Slowly but surely, I started to move and walk and had my breakfast, got to school, and you could tell who the underclassmen were that day who had done the run because most of us were limping and moving slowly and groaning and making noises and complaining. School ended, down to the locker room, changed, showed up at the gym, stood waiting for the coach. Coach comes into the gym and he says, you rummies, back out on the street. You're running again. I don't know why he called us rummies, but that was one of his expressions. Coaches have the weirdest expressions. I thought, again? Once again, out on the street, down the road, to the north, mile and a half turning around, and what I dreaded came true. Because as soon as we got back, we did it again. Six additional miles, two days in a row. I had been afflicted. <laughs> Most of us, the out-of-shape ones, we suffered. The football players, I didn't, I realized later, they had been afflicted earlier in the year, so they were doing pretty good. Now, here's what I want to say. Why did I let the coach afflict me? Why did I let the coach afflict me? So I could be on the wrestling team, right? No, that's not why I wanted the coach to afflict me. I wanted the coach to afflict me because I wanted to be in a match and I wanted to beat an opponent. I wanted my arm to be lifted high by the ref at the close of a match that declared that I was the winner. I was willing to undergo affliction because I had something in mind. I chose, that, I chose to let that coach break down my body, my muscles, and to build up endurance, which was the purpose of the running. That running went on for a week. Luckily, the third day, we only did three miles instead of six and started to do some work on the mat. I want to say, I want to say this about affliction. Every athlete chooses to be afflicted to be able to play the sport they have chosen. And if they're at a college or a professional level, they will allow coaches to run them, work them, mold them. They will hire professional trainers to afflict them because they want to be at the top of their game. Our soldiers choose to be afflicted Musicians choose to be afflicted. I've been around guitar players who are learning the guitar or they're working hard. Their fingers bleed. 
I've been around drummers who cramped, their muscles cramped. I heard that if you play a brass instrument, the harder that you play and hitting the high notes, you can actually loosen teeth and split lips. And I know some people complain about musicians. If you've ever watched a marching band work out, and I've watched them here, they are working out and being afflicted as much as any athlete, especially those who carry the tubas. Dancers choose to be afflicted. Architectural and engineering students choose to be afflicted to learn and develop their skills. There are days when these individuals have brains that hurt because they've been up all night with a project. And I'm certain we could find hundreds and hundreds of other areas where people choose voluntarily to be afflicted. Now, here's my point. There's one area of life, one area of life that I have observed where we often reject and work against affliction. And that is in the area of our growth as men and women of God. Many times the people of God resist affliction when God is trying to grow us. The psalmist in the 119th Psalm reflected on affliction, and he actually said in this psalm, and we'll go to it in a moment, that affliction was good for him. And the Holy Spirit was attempting to communicate to us that affliction is good for us. We're going to the 119th Psalm, going to read verses 65 and following, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to highlight some of these verses. Starting in verse 65, follow along on the screen, or if you have a Bible or your device and you want to see it in front of you, do that. Here's what the psalmist said. Do good to your servant according to your word, Lord. Teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I trust your commands. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. Though the arrogant have smeared me with lies, I keep your precepts with all my heart. Their hearts are callous and unfeeling, but I delight in your law. It was good for me to be afflicted, so I might learn your decrees. The law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. Your hands made me and formed me. Give me understanding to learn your commands. May those who fear you rejoice when they see me, for I have put my hope in your word. I know, Lord, that your laws are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Key verses. Here's the first. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. You are good, and what you do is good. He's tying the affliction that he went through with the goodness of God. I like how the New Living says, verse 68, you are good and do only good. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. You are good and do only good. Next one, key verse 2. Verse 71. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I may learn your 
decrees. See what the psalmist is saying? He's recognizing the hand of God in his life. He's recognizing that some of the afflictions that he is experiencing are directly from God, and he claims that they are good so that he may learn his decrees. Verse number 75. I know, Lord, that your laws are righteous and that in faithfulness, look what it says, in faithfulness you have afflicted me. The affliction of God is good. God afflicts us in his faithfulness so that we might learn his commands. I'm going to complete my high school story. I never did wrestle. I never got a varsity letter for my jacket. I never had a ref hold my hand in the air and declare me the winner. Never. Why? I didn't like being afflicted. I started to skip practices. For a variety of reasons, I wanted off the team, but I wasn't going to quit the team. So what I did is I forced the coach to cut me. He called me into his office and said, look, this is what's going on, and here's my, here's my cut list, and, and there was my name. And he said, now listen, if you will buckle down, if you will attend the practices, if you will work hard, we'll keep you on the team. I said, okay, coach. I skipped the next practice. I didn't want to be afflicted any longer. Here's what I want to say. I believe there's a lot of the people of God who say the same thing to God. Lord, stop it. Even though his affliction is good, don't, 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 don't go digging into that area. Even though his affliction is from his goodness and his faithfulness, many believers choose not to be afflicted. We don't like him pointing out sin and pride and selfishness and then working to change those areas in our lives. So what is affliction? When online, isn't online great when it gives you the good stuff and not the rotten stuff? The King James Dictionary says this, affliction, the state of being afflicted, a state of pain, distress, or grief. Afflict, uh, uh, affliction is the, the, the cause of continued pain of body or mind as sickness, losses, calamity, adversity, and persecution. These are the things that God can use in our life. As a matter of fact, some virtues are seen, according to the King James Dictionary, some virtues are only seen through affliction. Psalm 34 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. So what does God's affliction look like? It can come in so many ways. It can, it can look like the troubles on a job not related to your performance. It can look like setbacks in your dream. It can look like physical or emotional pain. It can look like a coworker that grates on you. It can look like loneliness. It can look like a lot of things. And many afflictions aren't from the Lord that we have to learn to discern. They're just a part of life. They're the consequences of sin. The affliction that you have for breaking the law and the police pull you over and your insurance rates go up and you have to pay a fine, that may be God breaking pride in your life. More than likely, it's just because you weren't not watching your speedometer. Not all affliction is from God. But there are afflictions 
from the Lord. Now hear this statement. If we will submit to his afflictions, his training and his discipline, we will become strong men and women of faith. We will be men and women who can advance the kingdom of God and ultimately receive great reward in his kingdom. And we will be men and women filled with the joy of pleasing and serving our Savior and Lord. As I said, I believe there's some people that don't want God messing with their lives. I think there are others that just don't know the value of the Lord's affliction. Let me just put it up on the screen, the value of the Lord's affliction. The Lord's affliction is as valuable as a coach training world-class athletes. It's as valuable as a drill instructor training special forces. It's as valuable as a music teacher training elite musicians who will play in the top symphonies in the world. And it's as valuable as a dance instructor training dancers for a career on Broadway. As much as we will submit ourselves to affliction in areas where we wish to achieve, how many of us are as willing to submit to the affliction of the Lord that we may become the men and women of God, to advance the kingdom and to um, uh, do battle for the things of the Lord. Have you recognized, if you read the scriptures regularly, and if you haven't yet, how many times uh, military symbolism is used in our life, uh, athletic symbolism is used about our life. Those are the things where we are afflicted, where we're trained, where we're disciplined. God painted those pictures so that we could see them when we are going through rough times. When God is working on our lives, we are being built up for something. The Bible says we're not, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the dark forces. I understand wrestling. I chose not to be afflicted to wrestle. May I not do the same thing with God because I will wrestle against dark forces. And that means that I better be ready I better be trained, and that training is going to come with affliction. The purpose of affliction is to lead to victory and success. Psalm 119 says that God afflicts his children out of his faithfulness. He afflicts them out of his love for them. Without his faithful affliction in our lives, we will go astray and do things which will negatively impact and possibly even ruin our lives. The Lord's affliction is to keep us from going off the rails, over the cliff. The affliction of the Lord trains us for success and victory in serving Him. But if we refuse His affliction, we open ourselves up for a whole host of rough things. So, in your notes, there's a note sheet today, if you got one. I'm going to make five observations about affliction. There we go. Number one, based on the text, the affliction of the Lord is good because he can only do good. If you are being afflicted by the Lord, it is good because God can only do good. He never afflicts you to beat you up or to push you down. His affliction is out of his goodness for he can only do good. Number two, embrace the affliction of the Lord because it will produce good things in your life. Embrace it. When the affliction of the Lord comes, embrace it. If I would have embraced, if I would have chose to embrace the affliction of wrestling, I would have probably made the team. I don't know if I would have been a top athlete or not. I was never tried that way because I escaped affliction. 
But there's a possibility at some point along the line, my arm would have been raised in victory if I would have just embraced the affliction that my coach was putting me through. I didn't like the drills. I didn't like the running. I didn't like the weights. I didn't like all of the things that were necessary to prepare me that I could be a wrestler, and that requires affliction. Number three, God's affliction is not usually pleasant. I think I've established that. God's affliction is not usually pleasant. We will suffer someplace in our life when we are being afflicted by the Lord. It's not going to feel good. Number four, I'm going to park on this for a second. I'm not sure who this might speak to, but if you seek only happiness, you will avoid affliction. There is this sense that I have picked up amongst believers that there are some that come to Jesus so that he'll make their life happy. God wants us to be happy. Well, that's not the case. Certainly, God wants us to grow. God wants us to experience his joy, and God's not opposed to happiness. But some people do the weirdest things, the most sinful things, because it makes them happy. And God wants me to be happy, right? I've, I've, I've listened to couples. One woman, she was advised by another Christian, oh, your marriage isn't doing so well. Well, God wants you to be happy, so you better leave him. No? Try to work it out. If you seek only happiness, you'll avoid affliction. But number five, if you seek to honor God, you will embrace God's affliction. If you seek to honor God, you will embrace God's affliction. The Lord's affliction is designed to produce endurance, to develop skills, to build spiritual muscle, to educate, discipline, change bad habits, and prepare us for battle and kingdom advancement. This is the God's purpose. The Lord's affliction is designed to produce endurance, develop skills in our lives, spiritual skills, build spiritual muscle, educate, discipline, change bad habits, and prepare for battle and kingdom ad advancement. The purpose of affliction is to lead to victory and success. That is God's purpose. Is that what you desire? Do you desire for God to mold you for victory and success? I'm going to give you three questions coming up on the screen. Would you be willing to pray? These are tough. Would you be willing to pray and ask God to work affliction into your life so that you would not go astray? The psalmist said that because of God's affliction, he, he stopped going astray. God worked affliction in his life, and he stopped going astray. Would you be willing to pray and ask God to work affliction into your life? You're asking him to be trained. You're asking him for some pain. He's not going to break you down. It's for your good. But would you be willing to pray and ask God to work affliction into your life that you would not go astray? Listen, some of you young people, some of you older people, some of you senior adults, we all can go astray. But if we will embrace what God is doing in our life, and if you will embrace affliction, God can keep you from going astray. 
Number two, would you pray this? Would you be willing to pray and ask God to work affliction into your life that you would learn to obey his word? Number three, would you be willing to pray and ask God to work affliction into your life that you would be trained and developed for victory? These are serious prayers. But God has a world that he wishes to reach. And God has tools that he wants to use to reach this world. That's you and that's me. And to train us in reaching this world, in training us to love people the way that Jesus did, in training us to pray properly, in training us to know how to do spiritual battle, there's going to be some infliction involved. Would you be willing to pray and ask God to afflict you, or maybe you're already being afflicted, to ask God to show you his affliction in your life so that you won't run from it? Because if you're not willing to be afflicted, this is what I've observed in my years of ministry and in my years of walking with Christ. In areas where I refused to be afflicted spiritually, I did not grow. And they became areas that oftentimes I was being tripped up over and over and over again by the enemy. God's affliction is for our good because he is good and does only good, would you embrace his affliction? Would you embrace it? Would you ask him to work some into your life that you would learn to obey his word? And would you pray and ask God to work affliction into your life so that you could be trained and developed for victory? As the team returns to the platform, I want to pray over us. But I want you to just bow your heads here for a moment and say just softly, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? Holy Spirit, your people are here. I've been challenged by the thoughts of this message for quite a while as I've been preparing and as I've been studying. Lord, I know it is your desire to use every single person in this room, and those who are watching online. And you would like to work affliction into their life because you are a good God. You are a faithful God. In your faithfulness, you afflict people. Out of your goodness, we learn to obey. Lord, many of us have gone astray or are even today going astray. Lord, afflict us that we would begin to obey your word because you are good and what you do is good. Teach us your decrees and use affliction to teach us if necessary. Lord, may we come to a point where we can actually say and mean it. It was good for me to be afflicted because that is how I learned your decrees. And Lord, can it be 
that each of us would come to the point that we could actually confess and praise you that in your faithfulness to us you have afflicted us so that we become the men and women you know we can be you look at us like a coach can look at a world-class athlete and see potential you look at us and see potential you look at us like an instructor can look at a student who is studying engineering or architecture and saying, that one's going to be great. And then those teachers will put extra projects to develop them. But Lord, you look at us and, and, and you, you, you see us and you say, that one can be great. So you bring affliction our way to cut some things away, to show us bad habits, to develop endurance and spiritual muscle. Lord God, let us become a people who will agree with what the psalmist has said. It was good that I was afflicted. Move upon us this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you follow the team as they lead us? You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God.